Hey, this is Nick Gelso, co-owner and founder of CLNS Radio. Today's podcast is brought to you by lynda.com. lynda.com is the home of expert video tutorials. Because you're such a loyal listener of CLNS Radio, and it's 2015, you want to kick the new year off in style, claim your free trial today from CLNS by going to lynda.com slash CLNS. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash CLNS. Now on to your regularly scheduled program. This beer's warm. But it still tastes good. stuff going on with this thing tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if it's fuzzy for you, but it's fuzzy for me. We are here, surprise, surprise, 7 p.m. on a Tuesday, live from Los Angeles. Well, I'm not in Los Angeles. I was going to keep it going, but I'm not. I'm Matt Rory, as always, but Calvin's in Los Angeles. Calvin Chamberlain, my co-host here on Careless Whispers. Welcome into the show, everyone. Calvin, welcome into you as well. I mean, if we want to be technical, I'm just in the Los Angeles metro area. But uh, that's, yeah, that's enough to Los Angeles, right? Yeah, that's close enough. Uh, anyway, I have sent out a tweet on Twitter. I am at Team Green Truth, and I let people know that we are going live talking NBA Finals tonight, right now, for the next hour and a half. And Calvin, I already, within 30 seconds, have gotten a response. Old friend from the 401, Hector Raphael, has responded to me on Twitter. Can you believe it? Is he back? I don't know if he's he's back, but he's still following me. So you guys should follow me, too, at Team Green Truth. You can follow CLNS Radio on Twitter, at CLNS Radio as well. And uh, I would be remiss to tell you that, uh, or to not tell you that, we are sponsored, as always, by lynda.com and by Peak Brewing. So head on over to lynda.com slash CLNS right now. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com slash CLNS to get a free 10-day trial to uh, lynda.com and learn about something new in this month of June. And uh, Peak Brewing, not the warm beer that I'm drinking right now. Maybe I should be drinking a Peak. It would be colder. Is a delicious organic brewing company. Hit them up on Instagram and Twitter at Peak Brewing. I don't want to leave anybody in suspense anymore. I said, surprise, Careless Whispers is live in three minutes. Hector responded, Calvin, and he said, Golden State wins tonight in MIO, in his opinion, of course. Tomorrow, we remember Banner 17. Hashtag Banner 17. So, Celtics fan through and through, green blood to the core. Hector thinks Golden State's going to win tonight, and he doesn't care about that because he's going to reminisce tomorrow as this will be the uh, seven-year anniversary of Banner 17. That's what I was going to ask. Why not just reminisce now? Why wait Why wait tomorrow? Well, we could reminisce <laughs> now, but Hector, I, I suppose, is choosing to reminisce tomorrow. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't blame him because there's a big game tonight. And we need to talk about that game because anybody that's got the opportunity to listen live 
right now can give us a call at 347-215-7771 if you want to discuss anything about the NBA Finals or really any other topic. We're pretty wide open here. Uh, so the other night, Golden State took the lead back, Calvin. They won on their home floor. Now they're going back to Cleveland where, if you recall before this series started, I said I really hoped that Golden State would win in six, but I didn't believe that they would. I thought that they would win in seven. So I'm expecting Cleveland to come out here, and LeBron James in particular, to come out and uh, put up a fight tonight. Uh, I'm just hoping for a Golden State victory. Yeah, I expected Golden State to win this series easily. In a way, I'm glad I'm wrong just because it's made it more interesting and it's made it more traumatic. But I, I won't be glad I'm wrong if Cleveland ends up winning. I will, I will tell you that. But I, I don't. I think that looks pretty unlikely at this point. I, I, I think that Cleveland was smart. See, LeBron's getting all this credit right now, and we'll get into, uh, you know, whether or not he should be considered for for the MVP despite losing later. But he's getting all this credit right now for uh, single-handedly putting Cleveland on its back. But the thing is, is in my mind, it hasn't even so much been the Cleveland offense. The Cleveland offense has been bad while run by LeBron. It's just intentionally bad because they're 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 making the game as slow and as as mucky as possible to sort of keep the Warriors out of transition and you know keep them from doing what they want to do offensively. It's smart strategy, but obviously, like they don't have the manpower to, to keep going with it because the last couple of games, uh, the Warriors have you know kind of halfway figured it out and it's halfway sort of you've seen Cleveland run out of steam at the end of these last few games. And I think they, it's, it's nearly impossible to keep playing this way for an extended stretch. And I, I think you're, we're starting to see that with Cleveland now, like they really don't have the depth or, you know, the personnel to just keep playing this way continually. I agree. But this is where the debate is going to come into play. And let's just get into that MVP debate right now. Because Steph Curry, the MVP of the league this year, uh, going up against multi-time MVP LeBron James uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And this debate has surfaced now that LeBron is going to become the first person and second, only second person ever, but the first person since Jerry West in 1969 to win the MVP in a losing effort. Meanwhile... Or I should say, not meanwhile, but uh, don't don't forget, Calvin. Uh, Jerry West lost to Bill Russell that year. Just don't forget that. Um, but he won the MVP, which ended up now being named after Bill Russell. So if Cleveland wins tonight, and we could play the what if game all we want, well, we're not going to get too de- in, in depth in all the different scenarios that could happen. I'm just going to stick with this one. If I should say Golden State wins tonight and LeBron puts up another heroic effort. Let's say he goes for 45 and 12 and 15 assists and they still lose the game because Golden State was that much better. Meanwhile, Steph Curry carries his team to victory tonight. He only goes for like 30 points. Is that enough to make LeBron James the MVP? I would say, unfortunately, it probably is. Uh, But... It's it's a tough call because I think people and I'm, I can't speak for the voters. Obviously, I'm not an MVP voter, but I think the people that vote for this tend to get into the the uh, the rut, if you will, 
that the team that wins should probably have the, the MVP, especially if the MVP of the league is on that team. So while people are suggesting that LeBron James has put up this heroic effort, and even if they lose tonight or in Game 7 for that matter, and he continues to play the way he has been, he should be the MVP of the series. I would contend that if Steph Curry was the MVP the entire season and his team won because he was doing things that he's been doing the entire season, he should be the MVP of the finals, no matter how good LeBron plays. Yeah, there's several several reasons why I have an issue with this. One, it's like I don't I don't understand how these movements get started in the media where like somebody says it and all of a sudden like everyone's just seems to be behind this notion of LeBron winning the MVP. Only there's been a long precedent of like nobody on losing teams winning MVPs. Yeah, Jerry West is the only other guy who won it. And by the way, when Jerry West won the Finals MVP. It was after he had lost in the finals like seven times. There was a huge element of like, of like feeling bad for Jerry West at this point, and, and he played like so well that they just wanted to give him something. You, you know what I mean? It, it's not exactly uh, the, the same situation. There's, pl- there's been plenty of series since then where the best player has been on the losing team, and, and that guy didn't get the MVP. Not plenty of times because the majority uh, of time that the best play can usually lead his team to victory, but there's been uh, there's been times when that hasn't been the case. But LeBron's already he's already a two time champion. He's already got MVPs. Like I don't understand the notion that if you're not good enough to get your team to to more, especially if they lose tonight. Like if they get to seven games and it, it it's super close, and you know it's a heartbreaking situation and Cleveland loses. At least at least we can revisit that argument then. But like, the, but people are already bringing it up now. It's like you're just number one. You're discounting the fact that like Curry put up 37 in the last game, and he played well in the game before, and put up like 32. Uh, you're not you're not giving any credit to Andre Iguodala, who's defended the hell out of LeBron and done basically everything out there on the court. Uh, he should be looked at as a as a potential MVP. But instead, it's all it's like everyone's just just like ignoring everything else that's happening in this finals just to praise LeBron and his numbers. And again, I realize that like in terms of, of traditional stats, you know, points, rebounds, assists, what he's doing in these finals in a way, uh, you know, is close to unprecedented. Um, at least for our finals, there's, there have been playoff series that have been here. But mm-hmm. I, again, I would argue that, that if, you, if you just look at his efficiency rates, like, they haven't really been that good. And over and I'm not saying he hasn't played that well overall. I'm just saying if you want to give an MVP to a guy on a losing team, then then to me he's got to be so good that like there's no point in even talking about it. And I don't know, I don't know that he's been that good. And I think all you have to do is go back and I'm mean, looking at the list of NBA Finals MVPs uh, in recent years. Dirk Nowitzki won it in 2011 when they beat LeBron James in the Heat. And I don't think anybody would have said that at that point that Dirk Nowitzki was an individually better player overall than LeBron James, but he was in that series. So that speaks against my point of sort of Steph Curry just default, being the default guy. But I'm not trying to say that Steph Curry should just be the guy because he was the guy in the regular season. 
I'm saying that he's played well enough in this series to warrant it, and he was that guy in the regular season. So if they win uh, and he doesn't put up a couple, a couple of stinkers in the next game or two, then I'm still going with Curry, uh, regardless of how well LeBron plays. Now, of course, if Cleveland wins the thing, and that's because of LeBron, uh, you have to look at him as the MVP of the series. It's all speculation at this point. Uh, but he has been putting up some insane numbers. And despite that, Calvin, I still hate this guy. I can objectively look at him as a talented basketball player and potentially the best player to ever play the game of basketball professionally that we know of, that we've seen, definitely in our lifetime, if you want to get that far. But I still can't stand his personality and his attitude and just the fact that it seems at some point, during every press conference, he turns a question around and makes it just about himself. Whereas I'm used to hearing people like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady of the New England Patriots talk about the team and even Celtics players. Isaiah Thomas is a very humble guy like that to, to reference this, a current Celtics player, always talking about the team, not himself. So that right is the segue into the next LeBron segment. Because I'm getting, I'm trying to get this stuff over with. I, I, I'm sick and tired of talking about LeBron James. You're moving us a lot quickly tonight, huh? All right, that's fine. We can end whenever. We want to end right now. When, when we just end the show. Good night, everyone. <laughs> it's been a lo- It's been a long day. It's been a long, long day. I mean, unless you I have mean, something else you you want to discuss about the MVP or anything. I mean, we and then we can get more back, get back into the, well, the finals in general. Maybe I focus think- on a little Golden State, but. This LeBron stuff just, is really starting to wear on me. It's just fascinating to me, like, the amount of sympathy and, like, support this guy's getting all of a sudden. Like, I understand that he's carrying this team and what he's doing is, like, it's a, it's amazing in an interesting way. Although, again, I feel like I feel like he's getting too much credit because the team is, the team is intentionally reducing itself to being entirely LeBron-focused for strategic reasons. You know, like they want everyone to stay with their man. A lot uh, for a lot of reasons, they're just focusing entirely on LeBron. And you could argue there's this argument to be made that, like, had Kyrie Irving played in the series, that it would have been a more favorable matchup for the Warriors because uh, Kyrie Irving's not a great defensive player. They would have had to hide him somewhere because Kyrie Irving, you know, handling the ball half the time. Uh, then, like, means that LeBron's not handling the ball and he's not posting up, which is part of the weakness of the Warriors' defense anyway. Like, they're much better at containing ball handlers on the perimeter, as you see every time LeBron gets the ball at the three-point line, as opposed to, you know, when he's when he's posting in the mid-post, which is, like, something he would do occasionally, but he's basically been doing it consistently against the Warriors, and that's because it, it's, it's all based on matchups. You know what I mean? Yes, he's having an incredible series. No, uh, but again, he's doing it in a way that's like, it's almost like he's, he's trying to like take a bowling ball to basketball. You know what I mean? He's just trying to like knock, yeah, he's trying to knock it down. And, you know, it, it sort of works. So I can't really blame them for that. I just think that like, just on the back end, trumpeting this guy and being like, you know, he's the best thing ever and all we should give him the MVP even if they lose. Like, doesn't LeBron have enough? Yeah, you, yes, yeah. How many finals MVPs do he have right now? He's got two, right? Like he yep. has two titles. Why do why, I don't? I don't. I just don't understand why there's this push to break tradition. Something that again, something has to happen 
1969, what is that, 45 years, 46 years? And it's just, just because you want to reward a guy who's already been rewarded plenty. That's all. Yeah, and I mean, just looking back, I was, hold on, I had the list and now it's gone. Here we go. Um, to throw just a couple of the names out there, LeBron has those two. Before that, I mentioned Dirk. Last year was Kawhi Leonard. Before that, Kobe Bryant twice, Paul Pierce, Tony Parker, Dwayne Wade, Tim Duncan. These guys all had great numbers in the finals. Chauncey Billups is up there. Tim Duncan again, three times. Tim again. Then we're going getting into Jordan and Olajuwon and Jordan again. But the point is, all of these guys were on winning teams. And while I'm not going to go back through and look at the best player on the opposing team, just looking at their numbers, they're all pretty much worthy of MVP type of performance, uh, aside from Kawhi Leonard last year. He had 17.6 rebounds and two assists in the finals. Only five games played. Those don't sound like MVP type of numbers, right? So that might be the anomaly. Everybody else that's on this list, just by looking at their numbers, you could argue that they were the best player in, in that series without even seeing the other players on the losing team. And that's because their team won. That's a, a argument that makes sense. And that's if you're just looking at the numbers. If yeah, you look at the point. series itself, sorry, just quickly, I was going to say, if you look at the series itself, last year in particular, Kawhi Leonard was definitely the most important player. Maybe maybe somebody saw value elsewhere, but he was the linchpin for, for that team's success. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say. He played incredible defense last year, and I think that was his, that was his biggest uh, contribution. Okay, now uh, we can move on. Um, anyway, LeBron James would probably disagree with us, even though he's come out now and said that him winning the MVP would mean enough if Cleveland doesn't win the series. Uh, the day before, he said that he was, he was not uh, shaken, not worried at all because he's the best player in the world, and he knows it. Now, to that, I wish I would just shut up with that man. He stopped in the third or in the first person, so that that's nice. At least he's got that going for him. But I'm just tired of him answers and questions around to, to be all about him. He was asked about his confidence and. From the question that I heard, I was thinking it was more of a team standpoint. There are injuries on the team. Players getting hurt. They've gone through a lot this year as a team. And he said that his, his confidence doesn't work because he's the best player in the world. I wish I had a soundbite. Now I'd play it and puke all the microphone. Because that, to me, Calvin, is what makes him different than a lot, a lot of players that are great. Maybe not the best. You can, you can Jordan was just as arrogant. But I didn't like that either at the time, you know? So I guess my point here is, and I've heard other people say this before, so if you've heard somebody say this, I'm not stealing it, I just agree. Let somebody else say that you're the greatest player, LeBron. You shut up and prove it, court, which you're doing a pretty damn good job right now. Keep doing that and shut your mouth, please. This is my plea to LeBron James. Shut your mouth. Play. People will say it for you. You're the greatest. Uh, maybe I'll even eat crow someday. 
I'm begging LeBron James, Calvin, begging him, shut his mouth. Yeah, I was originally, you know, sort of along those lines. But after thinking about it, I think I'm going to go the other way a little bit, and here's why. I think that, like, if if there's somebody who's who's your competition for best in the world, then then you should leave it up to like people to decide who's best in the world. But at a certain at a certain point in certain situations, like there there are things that are self evident, and no, and even though the words like sound arrogant, and I don't because I don't like LeBron, like it would be easy for me to be like, ah, God, what a dick. But the the problem is is that like right now he really doesn't have competition for best player in the world, so. If he were like to pretend like he didn't think that, it almost comes. You know what I mean? It, it, it comes across as well, like he, he doesn't have to pretend like, he doesn't no. think it. He just doesn't have to say it all the time. I mean, he can it, think it, it all he wants. Feel, like, do you feel like you see him punk? You're just saying it all the time. Because I, I don't, I, I don't feel like that's the case necessarily. I mean, not he, not he, exactly in those words, no. But I do hear a lot of times where he'll take a question and. He'll just say, he'll start turning into I, me, we, and then it'll be, well, we is a, is a team thing, obviously, but it, the first two are not. And then he'll, I don't know, I, I just, I, I feel like it's, maybe it's just a per, my perception problem here, but right. he's not, he's not likable to me. He's not a likable guy. I respect his talent. I respect his place in history, but he is such an ass. I can't stand him. I want to. I would not be his friend. How about that? No, that's fine. I just think like I, I think that there's there's a certain, and I can't tell you exactly where this point is, but there's a certain point of like self evidence where like it, it's not even so much being arrogant as it is just just speaking casually about things that are true. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if if, if you were like, I mean, I get, I get where you're going with this. I'm not sure why you're going yeah. this way, but that's that's fine. Well, I, I why am I why am I going this way? Yeah, what are you doing? Are I mean, you flipping it on me? That's what I'm saying. I'm flipping. I'm going the other way on you. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay with it because it, I, I don't know. I, I guess it also was the, the way that he said it was pretty deadpan. I guess that like if somebody asks you know, why he's confident, it's be- it is because he's good. Like, what, in, in fairness, he didn't just say, I'm good. He said, I'm the, I'm the best in the world. But it's like, I, I'd like to say that he's not the best in the world. You know what I mean? Like, like for years, when uh, I thought Kobe was better than him back, you know, back in the day, and I was hoping mm-hmm. somebody else would rise and, and, and take that spot, and he didn't, he didn't win the MVP. You know, Steph Curry won the MVP, but I don't think there's anyone out there who, like, thinks that Steph Curry is a better basketball player than LeBron, right? Not yet. So like, I mean, it's possible eventually, but not not right now. Certainly not. Yeah. I mean, he, if somebody asks you why, you why are you confident, and, it, you know, it, the reason it makes sense is because he, he is better than everyone else. And I'd like for that not to be the case, and I can understand why that would be annoying, but I don't think, like, just the fact that he acknowledges it He's inherently arrogant. I guess that, that's. I just. I don't know. I just feel like he acknowledges it quite a bit, and maybe I, I'm just hon, honing in on the little bits of his press conferences that that that's what he's actually doing. But uh, I just I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. LeBron 
can't stand you. Just show me. Just show me, buddy. Not fit. Not family. There we go. Thank you, sir. You got anything else here on LeBron James? Because we should touch on the Golden State Warriors for a second, I think. They are on the verge of winning this series if they win tonight. Give me a bit. Hmm? I said, hmm? no, let's touch on those Warriors. Yes, let's let's touch on those Warriors with MVP Steph Curry. Uh, you mentioned Andre Iguodala, and I feel like Iguodala is a guy that really some people are given a or were giving a hard time to over the first few games of this series. He wasn't scoring a whole lot, but he's really stepped up in the last couple of games, and not even really on the offensive end as much as on, on the defensive end, like you met, mentioned. Um, he, I don't, to me, is not the MVP of this series at this point, but he should be talked about as one of the most important players, if not the second most important player at this point. Um, what do you think it is about Iguodala? Because he's undersized against LeBron. We know that he's a great defender and always has been. But throughout the course of the season, he was definitely showing flashes and signs of getting older. His minutes have been drastically reduced, which is warranted on that type of a team, I guess. But he's really stepped it up in these finals, Calvin. Is it just the fact that he's finally there in the NBA finals and he he really wants to get this one, one, get this thing done? And, or is he an elite type of defender that, has not been given enough credit over the years, even though he has been praised for his defense in the past. Yeah, I don't know that he hasn't gotten enough credit because, like, he was at one time considered a superstar. He was he was a starter before this year. Maybe he's not getting enough credit for his willingness, you know, to become a bench player. Um, but I certainly think that, yeah, as a defender, he's gotten enough credit. Um you know, maybe he's not again not gotten enough this year, but over the course of his career, he's gotten plenty of credit for being an amazing defender. I think that you know he basically splits the difference between Barnes and Green. Barnes is not quite strong enough, even though he's strong, not quite strong enough to to hold LeBron off down on the post. Udall has got you know a wider upper body, and he's got better footwork than Green. So uh, I feel like LeBron can sort of take Green on the perimeter and push past him. Iguodala is sort of that that happy medium who can you know do the things that both those other two guys can can't do or can do rather, and he can do the things that they can't do, and just his his matchup for LeBron it makes him a, a better defender for what LeBron specifically can do. But is this is this something that that I've sort of missed over the course of a few years with Iguodala because I didn't think that he was going to be this effective. I knew he was a good defender, but I figured the fact that he was undersized, and maybe this is a knock on LeBron James as well, at the same time as that we're praising Iguodala. Maybe it goes a little bit of both, because don't you think that LeBron should be able to take him in the post kind of any time he wants? That's how I looked well, at the I, matchup going into it anyway. I don't think Iguodala is that undersized. I think Iguodala is like six seven. He would have an inch, maybe two inches shorter than LeBron at most, but uh, when you factor in wingspan, they're, they're, I think they're pretty close, man. I don't think the uh, and the fact that you know LeBron is not a great perimeter shooter, so usually you, if you're talking about 
where that that sort of small you know size advantage is going to come into play. It's you know being able to get your jump shot off on the perimeter, and I don't I don't think that that's what LeBron wants to do anyway, or maybe it's just he wants to do, but it's not what the team needs him to do to win. All right, I'm trying to see something here because I. 37 minutes is what Iguodala is playing in the finals so far. Uh, and that is, let's see, is there an average on here? Of course not. <laughs> Stay with me, folks. That is way up from his regular season numbers. Over the course of his career, he was like a 40-minute guy. He's been tapering off over the last few years. He played 27 minutes a game in the regular season, and he's playing 37 minutes a game in the NBA Finals. So that should tell you a little bit about his value to this team uh, because they've been performing well with him on the court. Uh, And, I mean, like Calvin mentioned earlier, MVP discussion. I don't. I don't. I still don't think I'd give it to him. Maybe I'm not watching the right games here, but um, it, it, we'll see. If he can shut down LeBron tonight, he's definitely in the in the discussion. How about that? I'll throw that there. Well, I, I think that he's well, you know, he's also been the one guy like willing to push the ball at fast break, and so like he's getting a lot of those opportunities. He, he's like I said, been the only guy who really matches up well with LeBron force him into a very low percentage. Uh, I think that he's, he's you know, getting some offensive board. He's been surprisingly efficient with his passes. Yeah, his numbers probably aren't good enough to actually win him MVP. It'll probably be Steph if they win, you know, or God forbid LeBron. But I, I do think that, like, yeah, if you're looking at actual impact, he's just consideration. I mean, they've won the last two games, you can argue, because they stopped playing Bogut. They put Diaz in the starting lineup. And they just have them out there whenever LeBron's out there. All right, that's that's that pretty much it for me. I mean, we've got a a show to do here. Unless you want, you got anything else on the NBA Finals, buddy? We got a show, like you said. We got we got stuff to talk about. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we should spend a few minutes on each one, uh, each of these topics. They're pretty interesting, and uh, I mean. Got a little fun topic towards the end as well. Uh, but before we go any further, I will yet again remind everyone about how you can get a free audio book from the world's biggest online library. It's huge. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. And whether that's, uh, let's see, Bill Simmons' book of basketball. That's over on my shelf over there. Or... Uh, something else that's a book that people like to read or listen to you don't have to read it this time throw it in your car get it on your pod iPod iPad your your phone your device there get it on the device get a cold drink and uh, listen to a a book audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics for that free audio book any kind of book you want that's presented by the CLNS Beat podcast series baby check out Celtics beat it's huge people love it all right Calvin we move on we forge on we forge ahead still NBA we will bring in a couple of baseball topics later in the show but for now a rare pre-draft 
pre-ending of the NBA Finals, blockbuster trade in the NBA. Your Clippers, <laughs> see what I did there? Just traded for Lance Stevenson. Tell me more about this deal. Tell us all more about this deal. And, I mean, what are they doing here? This guy was a, a, supposedly a cancer in, in Charlotte until he, he gave in to the fact that he wasn't going to be part of the regular terrible team. Can Doc fix it? I'm, I'm sorry, what? You, you cut out on me. I said, I said, can Doc fix this kid? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, do I think that he'll play better than he did in Charlotte? Yes, I do. But, and can Doc fix him in terms of like, can, will he be go back to be, being, you know, I don't want to call him a model citizen because he wasn't exactly that in Indiana, but like, can he go back to being a productive NBA player? Yeah, sure, maybe. I don't like this trade, really, for the Clippers. And I'll tell you why. One, Matt Barnes is what... Okay, you can tell me if you disagree with me, but one, Matt Mm -hmm. Barnes is sort of like the grit on what is otherwise a pretty soft Clippers team. You know, DeAndre Jordan is also Mm -hmm. somewhat gritty, but Matt Barnes is the guy who, who does a lot of their defending. They're not a great defensive team, despite the fact that they were one of the NBA's better teams. But like their defensive rating was not that good. They were just awesome offensively. Uh, Barnes is the guy who was, you know, taking all the tough matchups. He was the guy giving hard fouls. He played well for them in the playoffs, hit threes. And you're trading him. Spencer Hawes is just a throw in. Like, he doesn't really matter. He was a bad deal for them anyway. Although, you know, you can argue that Doc probably should have figured out a way to to uh, utilize a, guy, a seven-foot-tall guy who could hit jump shots. But whatever. They could... Um, so, but isn't, like isn't Lance a tough guy too? Isn't Lance going to be a tough guy for them? He's gritty, right? That's what right, he was in he, Indiana. Right, right. Except here's here's the problem with Lance. Okay, he needs the ball in his hand. You, you, you know who's on the Clippers right now? Chris Paul. Lance is not a Lance is not a spot up shooter. Lance is a guy who like creates off his own dribble. Chris Paul also a guy who creates off his own dribble. You know who else is a guy who creates off his own dribble? Crawford. So you, if you want to say, you know, Lance will run the second unit, he's not going to really be able to run the second unit because he also does what Crawford does. In fact, he's a similar player to Crawford in that both of them are kind of wild. He's just a less selfish with the ball version of Crawford. Like he, yeah, he's a better passer than Crawford, but he's also a dude who, who needs to dribble a lot, much like Crawford, just dribble, 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 shoot. Like he's that, he's that same guy. So I don't think there's enough ball handling to go around. He's not a good spot-up shooter. Like, where does where, this guy fit on the Clippers? And you're, you're getting rid of your small forward uh, to, to bring in a, a, a shooting guard who, again, plays J.J. Reddick's position. He's, you don't really want to start him at small forward because then you have matchup issues. He's a pretty good defender. Yeah, he's a little undersized um, at small forward at yeah, this point in the NBA. Exactly. Yeah, a, a little bit undersized. Uh, so now, now all of a sudden your front court or your your back court is smaller. If you're starting, you know, if you start three wings, or, or Chris Paul's a point guard, but, you know, if you're starting J. Joe Reddick and Lance Stevenson. Now you again you lose Barnes three point shooting. You need a guy who who needs to dribble more. He can't defend size as well as Barnes. 
what, you know, t- so tell me what the advantage is for the Clippers. Well, how is this a good trade for them? Because Lance Stevenson might, uh, you know, be a, a more talented player than Matt Barnes. Well, sure, he's mm-hmm. a more talented player than Matt Barnes, and he. I, I don't even think that that he's necessarily washed up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like say that it's it's bad to trade for him. Period. I just don't think it makes sense for the Clippers. Because of a log jam, you're saying. So maybe this means that there's another move around the corner. Maybe this means uh, that that Doc Rivers is going to do something else. Now I'm I mean, looking. I just I just headed over to Hoops Hype to check out their roster because I wanted to look at their salaries too. And yeah. right here on the right on the right side of the, uh, the the page here is a tweet actually about this from Ben Bulk, who I, I don't even know who that is, but it's L A T B B O L C H on Twitter, so I'll shout him out because I'm going to read his tweet. Doc Rivers told somebody from NBC in L.A. uh, that he envisioned Lance Stevenson more as a utility player than a starter, just like you said, and they still need a new starting uh, small forward. Yeah, that's fine. But again, I I still think you have a redundancy problem with Crawford, especially with how high his usage rate is off the bench. You can't Again, it's like he, if you want him to be the captain of your second unit, that's sort of what Crawford does now. You can have him do that, but I just I think you need to move Crawford first. I don't know what you get for Crawford, but if if Crawford's on that, oh, that's team probably next what they're year, looking into. Yeah, if Crawford's on that team next year with Lance Stevenson, like both on the second unit, that's going to be a problem for them. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, and Stevenson's locked up while the team has an option the following year on Jamal Crawford, so. Uh, I would imagine that a solid player like Jamal Crawford with one year left on his deal and a team option for a pretty less than the mid-level exception, uh, especially going forward, would be an attractive piece for other teams around the league because he can still play for sure. So don't be surprised, like Calvin says, if Crawford gets traded at some point uh, because, I mean, the Clippers seem to be making moves here. Uh, for the next couple of years, they're trying to look a core, and I don't think Doc thinks he's going to get it done in one year still. So maybe they think Stevenson can be part of it, and they are going to part ways with Crawford and that team option in, in uh, the following season. Actually, that's – I'm looking at it wrong here. That's This year they have a team option on Crawford, so maybe they won't even pick that up. 15-16, uh, team what, option. What's he making? 5.6. They're probably picking that up. Then five. They probably five are points. picking it up, but he's a he's. Now I'll change my reasoning, and he's the type of player that could be uh, dangerous for a team to trade for at the trade deadline. Because if they jam, uh, and send him off to somewhere in the east, who knows? But that kind of changes things. I was looking at. I don't know why they thirteen fit up. Like since the finals still are not complete. He's making 5.6 on the team this coming season. Uh, now I'm even more confused as to why they would have brought Stevenson in because, like you said, man, that's that's pretty much a logjam there unless they're just planning on going small most of the time, which I don't really understand why they would want to do that. But well, anyway. That would, make sense. That, that would make sense if Lance is more of a shooter. You know what I mean? Like in, in that scenario, but he's, not, he's a really bad player. Right, he's certainly shooter. not. Yeah. All right. All right. 
pause, dead air, and next. Um, moving on. Still staying with the NBA, though, because that's what we do around here. And if you don't like it, then, I don't know, go do something else. Right? Yep. You ever been in the ball fight? Mm-hmm. It's drop time, everyone. Here's another one. We're talking about practice, man. That's right. I haven't been practicing those drops, but we are going to talk a little bit about a man much like Allen Iverson who plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. Actually, I shouldn't say plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. He, his rights are owned by the Philadelphia 76ers. I'll say that. He's on their roster. Uh, he has not played a minute for them. The one and only Joel Embiid. Looks like their their lottery games are playing are paying off here, Calvin. What do you think? Yeah, I love it. I the Seventy Sixers are one of the teams that I'm actively rooting against because I I have an issue with them philosophically. Obviously, I don't like the way Sam Hinkie is, is you know changed his way into continual lottery picks. Um, I don't like this is this is when we need Mike in Pittsburgh to call in. I wish I had a direct feed to yeah. Mike in Pittsburgh. I'd get him on the line and I'd have him rant about the Philadelphia 76ers because uh, as we've found out, Joel Embiid, Calvin, has been shut down yet again with a setback in his injured leg and uh, continue on because the way Sam Hinkie's been doing this thing, we've criticized many, many times on this show. Yeah, yeah. And... So it, 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 they they drafted Joel Embiid intentionally, uh, despite the fact that he had you know major foot problems, which could have set him you know further back than the third pick. But the 76ers, much like they did the the previous year with Nerlens Noel, thought that you know keeping this uh, drafting a guy that they didn't have to play would keep the team bad for longer, so they could get another pick that they would then pair with the returning Joel Embiid. Well. I'm quite, I'm kind of glad to see that you know you know there's a reason why teams don't draft guys who are injured, right? There's kind of a, there's a reason why mm-hmm. teams are reluctant to draft guys who right. you know may not come because you don't always come back from injury. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you come back and you look exactly the same. Sometimes you have an injury setback and you, uh, according to reports, may miss an entire other season of NBA basketball. And if that happens. Then, you know, Joel Embiid, who has not seen an NBA court, and so who knows how good he was going to be anyway, but you have to start questioning how good he's going to be, period, right? Mm -hmm. Should that happen? Should that happen? Yeah. Unfortunately, though. Yes, should that happen, you're going to be, yeah, got it. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, the downside of this, Murray, is that, look, is Sam Hinkie's philosophy again to to like keep tanking and, and being bad and getting picks? Well, in a way, like this sort of helps. It helps that you know what I mean. Because now, like they, now, he doesn't have the expectation that Joel Embiid has to be good next year. If he sits out next year, he can be like, well, uh, you know, Joel Embiid. Now we can just take next year out and get another draft pick. It's like where when do we get to the point where this guy's accountable? Can we can we just can we just fast forward to that date? Tuesday where they have um, to start winning. Does that exist? Does it exist? 
that date that when yeah. they start to win, I'm looking at their roster for the next few years, Calvin, as far as people that are under contract and locked up is concerned. And yeah. that is a great question because let's talk about, uh, let's see, let's talk about not next year, 2015, 16. Let's talk about 2016, 17. Let's play a little game here. How much money in dollars do you think the Philadelphia 76ers have locked up 16-17? Options, not counting qualifying off, none of them. Locked up actual dollars owed to players in two years. Okay, so I'm trying to think of who on that roster is not. It's not on a rookie deal. Um... Who is on that roster that is not on a rookie deal? <laughs> it's this is not easy. I'll t- I'll give you a hint. It, there are two players locked up in that season. Only two players. Okay, I'll, I mean, one, I, two players locked up. Period. So you're including guys on rookie deals like Nerlens Noel, right? He must be one of them. Um, I am not. Because that okay. in the sixteen seventeen is a team option, so oh, not, okay. don't include so, him. Not Embiid, not Noel. I'm not including. I mean, guys that have signed a contract that is guaranteed uh, in sixteen and seventeen. Okay. There, there are two. There are two. Um, mm-hmm. We should. We, this could have all. This game could have also been like name guys who are on on the Sixers <laughs> roster. Yeah, it, 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 it pretty much is. And I think we've taken too much time with it already. Do you want me to just tell you? Is it Robert Covington? I'm just guessing. That. That's There you go, guy. Just throw it out there. You nailed it. $1 million to, go, to Robert Covington in sixteen seventeen. Okay. Okay. Um, and the other one, sir, is Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, uh, just under a million dollars. The Philadelphia 76ers, in other words, have $2 million in salaries in two years. This team has no idea who's going to be on their team. They probably think that they might re-sign or pick up the option on Nerlens Noel and Joel Embiid, a couple of guys that haven't really even played basketball in the NBA. This team is a joke. Philadelphia is a joke. And to further illustrate my point, I'm going to bring on a man from Pennsylvania because he hit the board. And uh, I'm sure he's going to have something good to say. The one and only. Philadelphia is a joke. There he is. Philadelphia is a joke. What's up, guys? What's up, man? What's up, Nick? Nice to hear from you, Nick. Are you mad at me, Calvin? Am I (laughs) mad at you? Why are we mad at you? (laughs) Just kidding, because we haven't talked in so long. But, yes. Uh, No, it's all good. Yeah, well, actually, I'm before your bedtime today, so it's good to hear you listen to it. I know. Come back, and then we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> I told Rory I would like to be on more post-game shows this year, so hopefully I get scheduled with you, Calvin. That's right. That's right. right. You know what comes along with the post-game show, Nick? What was that? I said, you know what comes along with the post-game show? What? The Garden Report, Nick. The Garden Report oh. by Jared Weiss. You can go to YouTube.com slash Radio to check out the Garden Report, even over the summer, because Jared is going to be doing something up there, I'm sure. Listen, they make a good team. Jared should be the the host on this show, but he doesn't have time for lowly shows like this. No, here's what would happen. 
no one would understand because the two of them would be so complex with their analysis because they're both basketball brilliant. Yeah, that, I guess. Uh, you know, let's say, Rory, you and I are, are novices. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, That's right. Uh, yeah, the Sixers are a joke. So they do have to put a stop to the BS there. But that's not the reason why I called. The reason why I called, bit off topic. I know I'm pulling a mad dog on here. No, um, we don't laugh at Fine. So I'm going to kind of shock you. I say win or lose, LeBron James is the MVP of the finals. Mm. Well, oh, you're, that was, you're, that you're was uh, off topic for the last few, three minutes, but not off topic for the first 30 minutes. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I tuned in when I saw the tweet after I'm dinner. I'm just messing with so you. you. That's what I'm trying to do here. Is get people to, I'm, Nick, I'm tweeting out the show. People are listening again. I, I, I anyway. was like unbelievably psyched about that, to be honest with you. Um, so you guys already discussed this. So who, whose take am I with? Either of you? Uh, I feel well, like Rory's a little bit closer. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I feel like... Aren't you a little bit closer to that opinion than I am? I'm against that notion because I'm no, just, I'm I'm a, I guess I'm closer to it because I'm open to it. I'm open to the notion. I don't necessarily right. agree with that. I'm going with Steph Curry right now. If Cleveland wins this thing, then obviously LeBron James is going to be the choice. But if they lose, I'm still going with with Curry unless he puts up a stinker tonight in in a winning effort somehow or uh, in game 7 for that matter. If he puts up a couple of bad games, uh, then maybe you're looking at somebody else. But I'd still default to a player on Golden State before I just handed it to LeBron James. The problem is, Nick, uh, there aren't many players on Golden State that you can throw into that argument uh, well, when comparing them Harry, to LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, Steph Curry is sick, man. But uh, I think if you're going to give it to a Golden State Warriors, it would have to be Steve Kerr for... Uh, inserting Iguodala into the starting lineup. Um, and as far as Steph Curry goes, could you imagine if he gained maybe like eight pounds? What a difference that would make. I mean, <laughs> the next evolution for his game is has got to be less, I mean, not less threes because he's an amazing shooter, but maybe penetrating a little more and having a little more strength to him. Um, because I fear his future... You know, usually your legs are the first to go, and when you're a shooter, unless you're Ray Allen, you know, you lose your legs, you're done. So he's going to have to. I think he has to gain a little bit of weight. But yeah, I can I can really put LeBron as long as the Cavs don't win the championship. I don't mind giving the, the MVP to LeBron because what he's done has been absolutely sickening. I I, I can't stand him. You guys know that. I'm a proud hater, but. He has you're, been. You're falling prey, Nick, to the, to yeah. You're falling prey to a, to a media storyline. Do you? Let me ask you this question: Do you think that you would have ever considered the notion that LeBron should win MVP if it didn't become this story that the media is portraying? There's no precedent for guys who who play well and lose to win the MVP. Shaq destroyed the Pistons in the in the 2004 Finals. I don't remember anybody saying that that, that Shaq should win the MVP. Okay, the I know, LeBron's but... playing well. He's playing great. That's fine. But it's like all of a sudden there's this manufactured story that he should win the MVP, but there's there's no reason for it. Why should he win the MVP? 
If you're not good enough right. to get your team to four wins, and no matter how well, no matter how good you are, why should you get the MVP? My my uh, my first thought of it, it came before the media blow up about it. It was after Game Three, mainly because seeing him, his stat line. You know, I got two points on this, but mainly because seeing his stat line next to Jerry West's when Jerry West won it uh, in a losing effort. Um, the other side of that too is, you know, you mentioned Shaq, but I mean, think about it. LeBron is playing with a worse team than 2007. I mean, he's playing with a. They're not a. They're not. He really has to do it all. So, I mean, whereas I mean, in 2008 through 2011 or 10, 2008 through 2010, when the media would be, oh, LeBron has no supporting cast. I mean, those teams were winning 60 games, and he did have a supporting cast. Right now, I mean, that'd be like the Celtics, and I know you hate this kind of, uh, I'll put it in the Lakers. The Lakers in 87 losing um, Worthy and Kareem, and yet still taking the series to six or seven games, and Magic being unbelievable, right? Well, it's magic, probably. Well, they, they Wait a minute. What, which, which, team, magic which team are you trying to compare this to? What am I trying to compare it to? I'm saying which team, are you, like you said 2007 LeBron James, are you talking about his Cleveland teams from back then? Because, I mean, those teams were not much better than what you're looking at right now, if, in my opinion. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I, this team is like going back to 07. But when they start with the uh, 2008, 9, 9, 10 Cavs teams that had gotcha. uh, healthy Varejao and Shaq, you know, even though Shaq was not in his prime, he was still effective. Um, they had, the, I mean, that those teams were, they had Mo Williams. Those teams were decent, yet the media would rip, rip apart his supporting cast. And they would win 60 games every year, yet flop in the finals, because we all know, we saw it in 2010, LeBron would Gave up in 2010. This year, yeah, his I mean, supporting cast really is BS, and this guy is possessed. And I can't, I can't, I mean, I have the most epic, nonsensical, stupidity rant in the history of hating LeBron on YouTube, maybe, that still continues to get thousands of views. I love it. Um, so, I hate I mean, the guy. But, no, I'm all but Nick, Calvin, I mean, maybe, the one that, maybe I'm the one that's not seeing seeing things here, but... I think that his Cavs teams have all been horrible. 60 wins in regular season or not. I mean, it, sure, maybe you'd rather have uh, Zydrunas Ilgauskas than Mozgov, but I, I would argue that Mozgov's been one oh, of their Mozgov, better players throughout the playoffs. So, I, I mean, just looking at those, yeah. I'm looking right now, I'm looking at 2009-10, and I've just been going back a, a few years here. We're talking about players like, Elgowskis and Antoine Jameson was getting minutes on those teams. Danny Green was a rookie on one of these teams. Booby Gibson, who's a nobody at this point in the NBA. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal was a was supposed to be a factor on one of those teams. Uh, he was so I just I just don't think that. Well, you're skipping are, 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 You're skipping Mo Williams. Well, Verajal, yes, and Mo Williams, solid player. But you're people are are talking about this Cavs team like it's it's the worst. Th- Thing that he's ever had to deal with, but I think that's because the perception of this team in the first place was probably a little bit inflated. People are looking at Kevin Love as a as a bona fide superstar, and I th- still think that he needs he hasn't yeah. found his place in the NBA. To be no, honest but with you, think Solid about it this player. way, Rory. But, but no, one but more the point right, is 
go, think about this way. I'm going to throw this to Calvin quickly, but the po- the point is that uh, just looking at the rosters and thinking back to what those players were, I think people are sort of now looking at the gap between what they thought the Cavs were before in, in this season, this current season, in what they could have been with all their healthy players to what they are now, and they have players that are filling in, and they're actually probably not as bad as people think. Calvin, please. Let me just, before you throw it to Calvin, oh, okay. Oh, Nick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So, you worry. 2000, I know, 2008-9, would the Celtics have won the championship if KG didn't get injured? I mean, that's that's a pretty big what if, but okay, I would say so they, 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 they would have been there. They would have been there. They definitely would have been there. They would have went further than losing to the Magic in six games. Or that's seven what games, I'm yeah, saying. They would have been in the finals. Okay. I'm not sure. So now take winning. KG and Ray Allen off the team mid-playoffs, or right in the first round of the playoffs, so you've got to incorporate all new players around a guy who's, you know, never really succeeded without a, a superstar next but, to him. But, Nick, who's, you know the, who's the Celtics' LeBron James? Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce okay, is not LeBron yeah. James, Nick. I love him, but he is not LeBron James. No, I'm not comparing their talent. I'm saying if you were to go side by side, okay, any of the yeah, big but I, that's, I, I, just, I just I don't think there's a comparison that can be made. We've been drowning out Calvin. Please jump in, bud. Go ahead. Yeah, Calvin. yeah. Well, you, it, it's funny because Nick sort of made the, one of the points that I was going to make, except he's making his he's, he's using the same argument I was going to use to make the opposite Backwards. point, which is. Which is, which is the only reason people feel like LeBron's doing this with nothing is because he had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, and now he doesn't. So, so they feel like, hey, he had this team, he had these guys that they expected him to have, and now because he doesn't have these two guys, they're not taking into account that, like, you know, J.R. Smith won sixth man of the year, what, two years ago and was playing great for case. They're not, what's, yeah, that's fine. Head case or not head case, he was still playing well throughout the playoffs, not playing well in this series because... LeBron's dominating the ball. They, they don't bring up Moscow. They don't bring like Tristan Thompson. You know, uh, a week ago, people were talking about how awesome he was. Now he hasn't played well in the last couple of games. It's like it, it just creates this narrative that LeBron's doing everything, and in a way, he is. But the, the other point I was going to make, in in this point goes back to 2007. This this point goes to 2015. Is that in these situations where where one where one guy leads the entire team? And I've got an example for you where one guy led the entire team. How about the 2001 Sixers with Allen Iverson scoring 30 right. points a game? And, and, and that but, team making the finals. You, you know what all three of those teams have in common? That, like, nobody takes credit for, like, oh, look how bad the supporting cast is. It's defense. That's, that's how these guys are getting through the conference. That's, mm-hmm. that's, how, that's, that's how Cleveland's hanging with Golden State. Look at their offense with LeBron in these finals. It's been it terrible. Defense. They're scoring, like, 83 points a game. People are like, oh, LeBron's, you know, putting up triple doubles and scoring 40. But his efficiency rate in these finals has been terrible. Andre Iguodala is defending the hell out of LeBron, but nobody I wants agree. to make that point. Nobody wants to make that point, Nick, because all they want to do is look at LeBron's bottom line and be like, oh, he has no supporting cast. But they don't talk about how well the supporting cast is defended. They don't talk about, you know, they, they talk about Della Vidova and, and they give him credit, but they somehow separate that from, you know, how Cleveland's doing overall. They talk about Thompson and, you know, his ability to trap and also get back and get offensive rebounds. But, you know, credit to the team's win, it's all LeBron. LeBron, in fact, I don't know if he, maybe it's just me who's noticed this, but because he's working so 
hard offensively. It looks like he sort of slipped a little defensively. He hasn't played that well defensively. And so he's, to, to my opinion, his impact on the series on that end has been low, and that's where they're holding Golden State. So why well, is LeBron the great thing from sliced bread? And why, why does he have nobody having his back if the team's playing super well defensively and that's not really on LeBron? I agree with you on just about everything you're saying, and I can't stand LeBron. But the difference between that 2001 Sixers team or, or, or the other teams you mentioned is they didn't have to transition the entire offense. I mean, everything had to change after round one. And then again, after round three, I mean, or after Irving got injured. So my point is, and you're an analytical guy, I mean, doesn't that make it so much more difficult to have to try to change everything mid-playoffs? I mean, it's a whole different team for the most part when you have a team based around three players. Yeah, it, it does, but, but the, con- the conversation you seem to be having here is is uh, a conversation about how we should be giving David Blackmore credit. It's not about how, because LeBron's making adjustments because the coach is putting different lineups on the floor and they're, they're putting the ball in his hands more. These are, these are coaching decisions. It's not like LeBron decided how many minutes. It's not like LeBron decided Moskov shouldn't play in the finals. It's not like LeBron decided that he would, you know, go in the post more. It's, hey, LeBron, you got to go in the post more because, you know, you have this matchup. And maybe he, LeBron listens doesn't listen to Blatt, or maybe, maybe it's Jerron knew who we need to give credit to, but what you're talking about is coaching decisions. You're not talking about, yeah, they make adjustments, but it's not like LeBron makes all the adjustments, the, the adjustments himself, and then tells everyone else on the court where to go. You know what I mean? This is, this is a credit to them for making adjustments, but don't just give LeBron all that credit. But could any other player, I cannot believe that I'm defending this jackass who I have made my career out of bashing, but could any other player have accomplished this with their team, taking the best team in the in, in, Golden State's the best team hands down. And yet LeBron has accomplished with his supporting cast, being able to, you know, maneuver the, the uh, adjustments and everything else and adjust to them. Could any other player in the league take the best team in the league to six or seven games? I don't think so. I don't think there's one other player in the NBA right now that could do what LeBron James is doing. So, in other words, what I'm saying is take LeBron out, keep the same supporting cast in that's definitely stepped up and deserved credit, and put another player in that you think could lead their team to the same scenario, if you understand what I'm saying. There's not. And and I don't think Steph Curry could. No, I I don't think he could either. But that's, but that's that's not the point, though. If you're talking about so so this is to me this is this is akin to the argument that hey LeBron should get the MVP every year since he's the best player. Well, no, who had the best no. year? You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're right. Look, other Steph Curry couldn't do what LeBron did, but he doesn't have to. Like, you can't. You like I, I you still have to look at the actual scenario to determine, in my opinion at least, to determine who the MVP of the of the the. Uh, the final should be, and if they, if, if especially if they lose tonight, if they lose four three, then, then maybe you have a little bit more of an argument. Although I'd still push back against that. But if they lose, if they only win two games in the finals, you can't say that his value that. was greater than that, than that of somebody who won four games. Okay, well at least at least we're meeting halfway. We're meeting halfway. I agree with you that, and I'm not even sold on on the whole you know LeBron situation. I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm not. Now I'm going with worry. I'm not opposed to it. I'm definitely entertaining it. I think he has been remarkable. Uh, I don't like him. I don't want the Cavs to win. 
I really like the Golden State Warriors. Um, what? I mean, the only thing is, it's just I'm going to change the subject, but it's so hard to watch the uh, the finals without any post play whatsoever. You know, there's none. It's so um, you know, so outside oriented that it's just it's it's hard to watch. But anyway. Uh, as always, uh, Calvin, you destroyed me, but I enjoyed it being destroyed <laughs> by you. Um, I love and uh, I, I still hold my stance that if LeBron is awarded the MVP, I will not go on a social media tirade. Um, I still can't stand the guy. Uh, it's not that I, and let me clarify, I don't like LeBron's brand. I don't like the way he, I don't like his behavior. I don't, I don't like him personally, but as a basketball player, He's, he's pretty effing awesome, you know? I don't know what uh, Calvin hates him, too. All right, Nick. Like well, him, how about how about I do this, Nick? If you want to continue this conversation, you should download the Reached app and go to reachedapp.com slash CLNS because you can uh, talk about your favorite sports teams with all your friends if you do that, buddy. And guess what? Yeah. That's for that's for this. So go to your iOS or Google Play store today and download that. Go to reachedapp.com slash CLNS. That's R-E-A-C-H-T app.com slash CLNS. You like that, Jelso? You like that? I like that. Yeah, that was at the uh, beginning. If you were listening, maybe you'll listen to the the first half hour now. You can go back on, on the uh, Well, CLNS I'm going to go app. back and listen because I want to hear if Calvin got as heated with you as he did with me. <laughs> Calvin, I never heard you uh, talk so fast. I mean, it was like that was crazy. You bring out the best in him. You bring out the best in him, Nick. He's tired of me. <laughs> hey, did you see, off topic, guys, and then I'll let you go. Did you see um, our our old friend Tim Donaghy got a, a big write up in in I think the New York one uh, the New York Times or one of them um, about his career now and how he's you know breaking down NBA games and still ripping the refs apart. I just thought I'd mention that. And uh, other than that, uh, last question, what do you guys think about the it going back to the two two one 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 format? And I'll let you go and listen. I mean, All right, right buddy. Thanks for, thanks for calling. There he goes, okay, Nick Gelso, the man, the myth. Not really a myth. Obviously, he's real. Uh, the legend. I'll say that. And I'm going to drop a little something in a second here about Nick Gelso, too. So hopefully he, oh, he jumps and jumps off the line before I get too teary-eyed. Um, but 2-2-1-1-1, two, two, one, 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 I like it. I think that it, it puts a little bit more evenness, if you will, in the series, even though it goes back and forth. But there was definitely an advantage for the, the team in the middle if you could steal the game uh, in the first two, which Cleveland did. So th- if they hold court, it'll go to seven, and that's definitely what the league wants a game seven all eyes on that what do you say calvin yeah i mean the two two one i mean sorry the two three two only existed uh because there were travel issues for years and i think it, with advancements with that it, it's no longer a concern the two three two was always a little unfair so especially like if every other series is two two one 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 you know why there was no reason for the finals to be two three two like i said other than the fact that going from the east to the west coast or and vice versa used to be a difficult thing but now you know thankfully we have private jets now so we don't have to do it that way um what was i going to say i forgot so some good okay well then that means i've got to let out the secret about nick gelso 
What do you think about that? Let it out. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see if I can find any of these hashtags, see if anybody mentioned him in, in these hashtags. So I saw Nick this weekend, Calvin, in, oh, in yeah? the flesh. In the flesh. He came up, uh, he came up for the gay pride parade in Boston. Oh, that's bad. No, I'm, that's not why he came up. But it just so happens that that parade was the same day, so we enjoyed that as well. To be honest with you, uh, it was wonderful. But he came up because there's this thing. It's called Podcast Movement, and he was asked to be, and I'm not going to let him back on the air to defend himself whatsoever. He's going to have to call back next week or something. But um, he was asked to be the keynote speaker at this this seminar. It's like an all-day seminar for aspiring podcasters. And let me tell you, there was a good, I want to say like 50 to 60 people at this thing. And he was the talk of the, of the town at the end of it. He was the most popular. He's handing out T-shirts, sealing us T-shirts left and right. He's handing out business cards. He ran out of them. We had to give him the old ones that I brought with me. This guy was on fire. Okay. So... I'm trying to find this hashtag, and I'm not going to find it in time. So uh, what do you think about that? Uh, what I think is that it's funny that you carry CLNS uh, business cards with you. Well, I, was, I brought them because of the specific event, Calvin. Come on. So you, you, know, you don't typically have them? Oh, Beats and East Beats podcast is retweeting this stuff. That's, that's a Nick Gelso original. Let's see. Well, I don't see any pictures of Gelso up on the uh, on the website here, but either way, go to Podcast Movement as well because he's he's the talk of the town over there. Anyway, uh, speaking of the talk of the town, we only have twenty minutes left. We got to go to our next caller. What do you say about that? Do it. All right, he's been waiting for a while as he usually does because he's so patient and loyal to us and CLNS Radio. I don't know where he is. But he's mad, dog. Hello, buddy. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? I'm um, quick thing be, before I start. Um, um, I went down and I got a ten dollar um, cash word. My dad, my my weekly ten dollar cash word. Um, screw screw scratch tickets in and and everything about them. But but now that I have that off my um, off my chest here, um, I actually wanted to switch gears because we you guys haven't had a show since. Um, since um, the the um, draft lottery, I don't believe, or at least the uh, live we've, show. we've attempted a show or two, and we may have thrown one or two up there, uh, but uh, we haven't heard from had, you in you a know, while. That's true. We've had technical difficulties, unfortunately. We 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 tried to get just just so people know. Yeah, we we've tried to get shows out there, and I think we did two shows in a row that just like that the audio just didn't record for whatever reason, or or one did record but then erased. So. We're still trying to do shows regularly. It's just that, unfortunately, you know, technical issues have kept us from getting them out there. Yeah. Um, so um, I just wanted to switch gears since we haven't, um, since, oh, yeah. you know, since you guys haven't been on the air. And obviously, um, this is addressed to you, Calvin, um, because your Lakers got the number two overall pick um, in this upcoming um, NBA draft. And um, I would just like to to know what to know what your to what your what your opinion of the of um who you would like there and what would all the reports that are coming out of of Los Angeles that in fact um Gio Okafor is going to be to be that pick he was seen um 
in Los Angeles. He he was there the other day. Apparently, he had a great workout. He was seen with with, with Titus Jones and some of the other um, Duke guys there. And um, I would just like your like, uh, like your thoughts on that because that's what it looks like. That that's going to be your um, newest center start um, starting um, on next season. Yeah. I've talked about Chihilo before on this show before, so just let the, let the record reflect that this is not, you know, a current updated opinion. I I had this opinion of watching him in March Madness. I guess I'm I've, I've always just been a little skeptical. I know he's a Duke guy, and I know you're going to say that I'm crazy and you're on board, but I just I don't see it with this guy. I, I I'm concerned about his defense. He seems slow. Supposedly he's you know losing weight, trying to you know become better on the floor. You can talk about the direction the NBA is going. Um, he's not a great free throw shooter. Not a great defender. He doesn't seem to have quite the, the amount of range that I would like or the speed that I would like for a guy his size. Yes, he's polished. And he has post moves, but so does Julius Randle. So there's an issue there with redundancy. Julius Randle sort of I realize is more before. But now all of a sudden we're talking about the lane getting clogged and, you know, a lack of a rim protector. You can't really, which Julius Randle also isn't. So I don't love the idea of drafting G.H. Lokafor. You know, and, and it, it's unfortunate because he's the consensus number two pick. Obviously, Towns would be a better fit for, you know, a lot of reasons, mostly defensive reasons. But if they can't, and it looks like they're not going to be able to get to him, so... Part of me at this point kind of wants the Lakers to trade out of that number two because if they draft somebody who's not Okafor number two, then they're losing that value because everybody says those two guys are, you know, far and away the, the two dudes who you know, are at the top of the draft board. And, you know, then there's a drop-off for the next three or four dudes. There's got to be somebody out there willing to, to you know, want to get you heel Okafor and have them be a better fit on their, on their team than what I see him being on the Lakers. Well, uh, Guys, I got to interrupt thing- really quick. This is really important. This is really important. I just retweeted a picture of Nick Gelso giving his keynote speech. Okay, so go hit me. Go look at me on Twitter at Team Green Truth. Sure. I just retweeted a picture from one of the people uh, that was at the uh, at the uh, seminar. She looks uh, like she was pretty up front row because this is a pretty good looking picture of Gelso. So if anybody's curious out there what Nick Gelso looks like, just retweeted it now, please. Continue your draft discussion. We don't have anything else to talk about here. Well, uh, well, well what I was going to say was is that, is that Calvin, <laughs> I think they, I think that you're being way too hard on a 19-year-old kid. It's not like he cannot improve defensively. He has the skills to to improve defensively. He has a he has out, he he has outstanding length. He'll, and um, that's the main thing thing he's been working on. He he isn't a great free throw shooter, but um. But 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 his offensive skill skills are tremendous, and 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 I and I think that he's just going to continue to develop. I I understand that Carl Anthony Towns um, it, it, it is a much better free throw shooter at this point. But I, I watched some games with Carl Anthony Towns, and I understand that they had Willie Cauley Stein on that team team along with Dakari Johnson and Marcus Lee. But there were some games. That, uh, that that Carl Anthony Towns didn't show show much um, in, in in either and in Okafor really all year um, up until 
up until March Madness, where, where where Justice Winslow and Titus Jones took over as the as the um, best players on that team. Um, and Justice Winslow um, is a is another guy that's going to go in in the top um, six or seven. The the Knicks apparently are really looking at him um, over Emmanuel Moutier. But I think you're being too 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 hard on a kid, expecting that what he is now at 19 is what he will be three, three, four years down the road. I don't think that that'll be the case. I just don't. There's a lot. Calvin wants to win now. You know, three, four years. Calvin wants to win now. Yeah. Right, Calvin? is right. I I, I do want to win now. But but more so, I have no idea what you're looking for. It's going to be three or four years from now. And this is why this is why draft experts are wrong all the time. People want to be, like, super hard on guys like Chad Ford. But the problem is, it's like, who knows who's going to be the guy who turns his body in, into a different direction? You know, if you look at Kevin Love when he came out of college, as opposed to Kevin Love three years later in Minnesota, completely different figure. You know what I mean? He he came out as like a doughy center type, and he worked his way into like a, a lean, meaner, power forward guy who could shoot threes, which he couldn't do when he came out either. Joe whether Joe Hill local for is a guy who you know changes his game and, de- and develops uh, things that he doesn't have now. Or he's a guy who just has what he has now, but gets better at it. I don't know what he's going to be, or, or any of these dudes. Yeah. All I can do is look, is, is look at you know what they have now, and it's not even just about how good he's going to be overall. I'm not even saying that he's going to be a bust. I just don't think he makes sense on the Lakers. Again, especially with Julius Randle, a guy who's also a low post kind of player. And it, it, you know, it doesn't really make sense. Unless you know one of them starts hitting threes in this off season, it's really going to bog the Laker offense down. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't make sense yeah. to me. That's all. And so, all right, Mad so Dog. Just, okay, I was just going to ask him would he be in favor of the, of drafting um, D, the D'Angelo Russell, but we have plenty of time to well, talk about the about yeah, the. Um, I'll talk about that later. The draft, um, but guys, um, have a great night and and let's get and let's go Warriors tonight. And by the way, um, I right. I'm, I'm getting to I'm getting to hate Harrison Barnes even more in this series if that was possible. All right, peace <laughs> out, guys. Harrison Barnes. All right, Mad Dog, loving to just get a dig in on a Tar Heel whenever any chance he can get. Uh, the day that Mad Dog calls this show, Calvin, and the, either doesn't or. The day Mad Dog calls this show and doesn't dig the Tar Heels and uh, or prop up Duke is the day I die. I swear. I can't. I just, it's, I just, every time. Yeah. He gets us every time. He does. Um, he does. I'm going to steal a drop because I want to hear what it is. Dynamite drop in money. That broadcast nope, rule has really paid off. That's not yeah. what I thought it was going to be. It's not, but it's good enough. Um, oh, that's yeah. that's. Just when I thought I was out, yeah, they pulled me back in. Found it. Found it. Uh, all right. Anyway, as as always, Mad Dog stealing show topics. Except that's a future <laughs> show topic because well, the track will probably be one of the things that we spend a lot of time on on the weeks that's coming right. forward. Can't wait. Neither can I, Bart Scott. I can't wait either. But you know what else I can't wait for? These two quick hitting segments right here, because that's what all we have what time we, for. Uh, we got actually. Let's do three quick hitting segments. Or you want to talk about none of them? What do you say? I don't know. 
no, no. Well, well, what I was going to say is, why don't we push the Cardinals back next week? That just broke today. There'll probably be more information uh, by then. It'll be more interesting. Well, that's that's true, uh, and we. The only problem with that is we tend to push things back and never do them at all. Well, so, hopefully there'll be more information. A penalty will come down or something, and then I'll remember to okay. talk about it. But you're right. I, I do often forget to talk about things, but I'll well, try not to do that. We will, uh, I just, let's just say for now that the, the Redbird magic is probably just all hacking scheme. So take that, Lachis, you punk. Hey, Sorry. Yeah. That, was, that was a personal thing right there. He's not even listening. He has no idea. Um. Anyway, he's a traitor. Uh, I don't know. I do want to touch on this Kansas City Royal story, though, because yep, <laughs> eight of the nine potential projected, I should say, starters for the Major League All Star Baseball game, the Major League Baseball All Star game, are Kansas City Royals, and. There have been instances in the past of ballot stuffing, fans voting a whole lot online for a single player. Uh, we've seen times where when foreign countries like Japan or China or just throw, keep listening to them, get on a, a certain player, they will get their ballot stuffed, if you will. But this seems to be a little strange. To me, I don't understand where that's coming from uh, because, I mean, is it, it, it the city of Kansas City? Do they really have that that many uh, fans that are just going to keep going over and over again and voting for their players? Because I just – are they all worthy of it? I would say probably – I'm going to go look at this list right now and we're going to go through it. Yeah. They're not. They're not all worthy of it. No, the answer's no. Uh, the answer's no. 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 I yeah. I saw there's like a guy in there who's got like a like a two oh nine on base percentage. Why don't they uh, just? This is a whole Alex Rios, who was who was fourth, but the, the the only guy as of right now, the only guy in the AL, uh, the only starter rather that the AL would have is a Mike Trout. Everyone else, and by the way, it, right. in the outfield scenario. Uh, the, the Royals have the fourth guy, Alex Rios, who's had all of 60, 66 at-bats this year, Murray, and he's, he's right. fourth in outfield footing for okay. Major League Baseball. So, so I think Bill it's hilarious. I, am. Nah. I think it's Yeah, I'm for it. I'm, I, I believe in this, Murray. I'm, uh, yeah. I love this. I'm down for this. I want this to happen. I need a team of entirely Royals to play in the All-Star game because it's hilarious. Dude. And who, so, so who who do you think it will be? Let's see. Uh, the fourth. This article doesn't show who the fourth outfield spot would be. Is I wonder I if it's a royal. Alex Rios, I believe it is a royal. Oh, it's Rios. Rios is the fourth spot, so he's not voted because yeah, it's Trout, Kane, and Gordon. Kane and Gordon are both royals, and I suppose right. the, the fourth guy is yeah. Rios. The problem there, Calvin, Rios. is that Mike Trout is is blowing people out of the water here. Uh, as far as Gordon is concerned, he's Kane is the leader, um, and Alex Gordon is like five hundred or was five hundred thousand votes behind Trout. So I just I feel like enough people are going to vote for Trout anyway 
in general, like the, the actual fans, that this whatever's happening here is not going to be able to catch up to him. Uh, so not to dash your dreams, but sorry, buddy. I don't think it's going to happen. I'll, I'll settle for the eighth. And again, Rory, like Rios, who is fourth uh, in the voting right now, has 66 bats for this, at bats for the season. This is what we're dealing with with these Royals fans. And granted, like, this is a, this is a oh, great here we internet go. situation. Here's, uh, here's some, some uh, stats as well. I'll, we'll throw out there about the interesting situation. Omar in five has the lowest a batting average and OP uh, I'm sorry the lowest OPS among qualified hitters in in baseball he's hitting 204 his OPS is 496 that's the lowest that's uh on base plus slugging if for those people that don't know and slugging percentage is derived on uh, the amount of bases you get on each hit whether it's a double or triple or a home run you get a higher per a higher number for a home run and you would get a lower number for a single or double or a triple. So just keep this in mind. The, his batting average, which is strictly hits, plus his slugging percentage, which factors in power, is the lowest among all qualified hitters in baseball. Yet this guy is currently being voted in by the fans to the All-Star game. Something's wrong here. Thanks for telling us about baseball stats, you nerd. Sorry, I right, what do I got? I got it. Some people want to know those things. Some people are like, what is he talking about? We don't talk baseball on this show very often. This is a basketball crowd, yeah. right? Just trying That's to appeal good. to the masses, Calvin. We were tweeting about the show tonight. H- hundreds of thousands of people are listening right now, and none of them know what baseball is. Um, that's that's my mentality. You critical. Yeah. yeah people, I love you. People have been asking me about the show lately, so... Maybe maybe I'm oh, yeah. getting bringing in some listeners on my ass. Yeah, you probably are. I'm not bringing in any listeners. I'll tell you that much. Yo soy fiesta. This is your show. <laughs> this is your show, not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Right, not a game. We talking about practice. All right. Finally tonight, for us, Calvin is going to sing his favorite song. No. Um, Tom Brady dances like a typical bad dancing white man. Surprised? Uh, no, I'm not. You know what? I, no, I'm not surprised. But but more importantly, I'm going to I'm going the other way on this too. I support the Tom. Not not to be racist here, but Tom Brady's a white cat. Like, how could you expect a white cat to dance? He's not a dancer. Just like thing. that. Got to embrace it. Yeah. As a white man, I embrace it, and I'm horrible. Yeah, I don't do it very often. Tom Brady, since, since the age of what? Even after, I'm going back actually. Since what? The age of, of 15, Tom Brady has dedicated his life to the craft of mastering football. Okay, in his, in his off his off season, you think Tom Brady's taking the time out to take dancing lessons? Hell no, he's making public appearances, showing up at Mayweather fights, and you know, uh, <laughs> dodging, trying to dodge deflate allegations and and suing people. He doesn't have time to learn how to dance. So this is the best you're going to get out of this guy. Like, just, I like Tom Brady because, I mean, this is not, has anything to do with how I feel about Tom Brady, but I like that he, that he was just willing to dance because he, Tom Brady probably knew he was bad before he started dancing. 
He just loves his teammates. He, he got out there with the joy of wanting to express winning another title. And it doesn't matter what you do at that point. He, he felt a song in his heart, and he got out there, and he gave it his all. And who cares if he's done? That's right. That's how I feel when I dance, usually in the yeah. car. That's, that's how I do my dancing, right in the car. That's, that's it. Don't even move, have to move my feet. It looks really weird at weddings. I also like when I'm, I'm also a bad dancer and I like don't move my feet enough when I dance. I've noticed I tend to like, and I'm an entirely upper body dancer who with like very little lower body movement. Yeah. Well, we, uh, are we killing time? Yeah. Let's get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been careless whispers. Head on over to lynda.com slash CLNS to get that free 10 day trial and learn about everything and anything you want. Uh, Peak Brewing, thank you for providing beer to anyone that purchases it. Not for free, of course. And not- to everyone listening, all of Calvin's fans, thank you all for listening. This has been Careless Whispers, as I said, on CLNS Radio. Check us out on Twitter. Good night. Not everyone. Because that's Calvin's line. <laughs> talk for another minute or so but with that let's give this a try what's going on calvin what's up are we are we on the air show calvin this is the ghost of will chamberlain just what's up guys you don't really think i was better than bill russell do you uh you, you sound a little sick are you okay Calvin, this is Wilt. Of course you were better than Wilt. Of course you are better than Bill Russell. Come on. Don't sell yourself short, Wilt. You were the stilt. Calvin, are you one of the ones that believe I could have played well into the 80s, possibly into the 90s? No, no. I, I realize you had better things to do. I just, all I'm saying is that you're better than than uh, Russell. Come on, come on, Wilt. Even you believe that. Otherwise, otherwise you wouldn't be Wilt. If you, you know? Did I retire too early? Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice.